Welcome to Between the Bylines, a weekly podcast from the Boston University News Service where we unpack must-read stories from the past week through the lens of student journalism. Hear how the story was made from the writers and editors who made it. Hi, it's April 18th. My name is Abigail Freeman and I'm the assistant managing editor. Sophie can't make it with us today, but we are so excited to have Ricky Houston, our sports editor, here with us. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Who else would we have after Marathon Monday? It definitely was one for the books. Absolutely. Um, so I know that like getting our advanced stories ready was definitely pretty tedious and we wanted to get those ready to go so that we wouldn't have to worry about them during live coverage day. Um, but how was it, how was the environment in the newsroom when you guys were covering it live on Monday? Yeah, so basically we covered the marathon from about 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Monday. And we had a bunch of advanced stories that were written and followed by writers the entire weekend that we edited Monday and um, published. But we also had um, live coverage that we were man- managing through our Twitter account. And we had reporters covering the race from the 30 and 40 kilometer marks we had reporters covering the race in different areas um at the finish line um so there was just kind of like in the newsroom we were editing and following stories and just um managing live coverage aggregating all the tweets and making sure we arranged everything in a timely order and um i know that the winner this year was pretty notable as well right right so for the wheelchair race there were three different races there was the wheelchair men and women's divisions, um, the hand cycles, and then the runners. Were you paying attention to live updates from other news outlets, or did one of our reporters send you that tip so you could get the story ready to go? So we were in the newsroom, and we had multiple monitors and TVs, and we were just kind of broadcasting the entire race. Yep. And we also monitored live coverage, so we got updates from Twitter and reporters who were out in the field, and we also could see it with our own eyes. So when you saw that come in, you were just like, all right, gonna get this out right now let's yeah let's get this out right now uh this is definitely newsworthy absolutely yeah so you guys did a really great job it was awesome to see everything going up um being away from the newsroom myself and there was a lot of preparation that went into that a lot of pep talks (laughs) about how to live tweet and um you know to not be afraid to talk to people at these big sporting events because of course like everyone's excited and feeding off energy from the race and everything like that so what do you think are some takeaways that maybe we didn't expect going in well I think one of the biggest things is to you know always prepare for the unexpected I recall there being a reporter who lost signal during the race and during live coverage so that's a huge hassle but it happens when you're in situations where there are a lot of people in one area like similar to uh the Patriots parade this past February. So I think the biggest thing is kind of just, you know, trying to plan ahead as much as you possibly can and, you know, be ready for things like lost phone signal, you know, just anything. Yeah. And in the past, I've even drafted some tweets in advance just to like have on my phone to copy and paste once I do have signal again. And yeah, I mean, there are just some things that we can't prepare for all the time and it happens. And at the end of the day, like journalists are human beings and not computers. So yeah, I think that's really important to take away as well. Did you have like a favorite story that came out over the span of the race? One of my favorite stories uh, from this weekend was 
a story actually written by our managing editor, Sophie Wu, about an Attleboro mom named Andrea Piscopo, who actually participated in three races within 24 hours um, in effort of ending domestic abuse. Um, she raced in the Tough Ruck, Boston's Midnight Ride, and the Boston Marathon, which is just <laughs> incredible. I, mean, yeah. I don't know how you can do that many races within 24 hours in a weekend, let alone a weekend. So. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, even just going to the finish line and seeing the end of the Boston Marathon is insane. I never even know how they're standing upright after doing all of that. And it's so funny. Actually. Like, if you go and congratulate the runners, they're just like, thanks. Like, it is <laughs> almost not even a big deal to them um, by the time they're finished. So I cannot even imagine how she must be recovering right now. Um, (laughs) hopefully she is, but we definitely encourage anyone listening to check out that story because it's very special for sure. And Ricky, it's so cool because the last time you were on between the bylines, you had just finished covering the Super Bowl, And before all of that, you hadn't even done a whole lot of live coverage in your student journalism career at that point. So you're about to graduate as am I, we're getting ready a few weeks away, but what did you learn over the course of this semester as sports editor that you'd like to maybe pass on to the next sports editor or anyone who's going to be covering huge events like this live? So the biggest thing for me, um, you know, places where I've definitely seen growth are through my tweeting etiquette. Uh, so for things like, you know, signing in and signing out, um, you know, properly tagging your news outlet or other news outlets, looking for the most popular hashtags so that other sources can pull in your, uh, your feed. Um, so that your own outlet can pull in your feed. And then when you're covering sporting-related events, looking at things like, you know, big plays, unexpected plays, injuries, anything that's super exciting or news-breaking. So as far as live coverage, I can definitely see a lot of growth in those areas. And I always encourage, you know, other writers and contributors to always prepare for the unexpected when whenever you're covering anything live, really, because, I mean... You never know what's going to happen. Like we said earlier, you could possibly deal with lost signal. So, I mean, if you're trying to get in some photos and let's say there's a little break within the connection lost where you can like send a photo to an editor or to another contributor and have them post it. I mean, anything like that. I mean, really. So, yeah. Also, just the basic reflecting on what's been happening and thinking, okay, what would I tell my friend that just happened? Like, what is standing out to me right now? That's definitely what I've learned from you and from our contributors as well throughout the semester. But you've done a great job as sports editor. I feel like there's no better place to be, especially this semester as a student journalist than in Boston. I think you can agree. Definitely. All right, guys. So that's all we have for this week. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to come to our pitch meeting tonight at 630 in room 321. We are wrapping up the semester, but news never stops. So definitely stop by. And until next week, this has been Between the Bylines.